FM. This is Connected, episode number 40. Today's show is brought to you by Igloo, an internet you'll actually like, lynda.com, where you can instantly stream thousands of courses created by industry experts, and PDF Pen Scan Plus from Smile, which is the app for mobile scanning and OCR. My name is Mike Hurley. Today, I am joined by the editor-in-chief and the owner of my heart, Mr. Federico <laughs> Tichi. Wow, I keep getting upgrades. Yep, I didn't even say the name of your website. I just needed to get, you know, you are both, you are the editor-in-chief and owner of my heart as well as Mac Stories. Well, I've um, always wanted to be your editor-in-chief. Mm-hmm. Not as much as the owner of your heart, but I want to add it to you. I want to, to you know... <laughs> I could probably do with some editing, like right now. See, there are, yeah. you know, every time uh, we do the show, I feel like I need to keep making you more and more grand, you know? Mm-hmm. So. I, I wonder how long this can go, you know? But but it's nice that you that you have these introductions for me. I appreciate it. Hey, Mike. Hey, buddy. How are you doing? I'm good. It's just me and you today. Yeah, yeah. Our American friend has been uh, abducted by a group of uh, uh, Apple geniuses. Mm-hmm. So he's uh, unfortunately uh, unable to join us because they they tasked him with the with having to rewrite the K-Base. Well, they saw his new series, this new K-Base series that yeah. Stephen's doing, and they're like, we need to make sure we shake all this knowledge out of his head. Yeah, so yeah, they've yeah. stolen him. Um, and for a week, he's going to just be like mined for K-Base information, and then maybe yeah. we'll get him back at the end of it. Yeah. Maybe. We'll, we'll see. We'll, we'll see. So, Mike, you will have to do uh, usually what Steven does, uh, the follow-up. Yes. So I'm going to take care of follow-up. We actually have uh, some special edition extended follow-up this week. Um, we're going to have um, Sam Surface, the uh, developer of Redacted, joining us in a little bit. Um, so that's going to be a lot of fun. So could we, that'll be some extra special follow-up. So you can look forward to that. But I, we do have our, our regular old follow-up first. Um, in the phenomenon that is nose tapping, it continues oh, on, to... Phenomenon. I don't know if it's a phenomenon. It is a phenomenon. <laughs> it continues to, to sweep the globe. Um, oh, my God. I keep seeing more people referencing it. I see more more and more praise I receive every day, Federico, from the world. It's true. Wow, okay. Um, yeah. And we're, we're sent many links of people, you know, when they find uh, find nose tapping reference in in other bodies of work. Uh, we did receive a tweet uh, from Kim today, um, or a couple of days ago. It says that he's actually tried uh, nose scrolling the digital crown. I do not condone this as a well, thing. Um, I have used my nose to return to the home, but I don't like doing that. Uh, basically, once wait, you use wait, your nose for one. What did you do? Sometimes, like, you know, I want to go back to the home screen, so I've, like, pushed the digital crown of my nose. I don't like that. That is not... With the side of your nose. The thing is, once you have tried a form of interaction... Yeah, sure. Just go with all of them, you know? Yeah, I can I can see that, yeah. I mean, there's people like you. Uh, people like to do a lot of things with their with their nose, it seems. Yep. Uh, and tapping tapping your Apple Watch is the is the best thing you can possibly do. I still think this is crazy, um, but I I know that there's people like you out there. Mm-hmm. So it's not like it's just you and I don't know a bunch of other guys. It's uh, maybe at least a hundred people, let's say, maybe even more. Way more, but way. Sure. But let's say I don't know a thousand people around the world uh, do this kind of thing. 
Um, you I should think, start some sort of uh, group. I think Nose Tap Mania is into the millions now. Um, but, <laughs> sure, buddy. But what? But fine. Uh, ben uh, wanted to write in to clarify something. If you remember last week when you guys were saying that we were crazy because uh, we drive on the left hand side of the road. No, right? it's not that you're crazy. It's that you're the only ones in the entire planet. Well, doing that. There was something that Stephen said, like saying, oh, but you're closer to the central divide. And I was like, I don't really understand what he means. And and Ben has written in to clarify, because he's actually put the thought into it that I couldn't muster. Obviously, our driver's sides are like, diff- they're swapped. Right? Oh, yeah. Sure. Yeah. 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 So, you know, we drive, drivers sit on the right of the car and we drive on the left. Yeah. See, the that's uh, one of the things that I've always wanted to know from a. Uh, from a from a British person, uh, because it to me like it's just natural to assume that the passenger seat is on the on the right side of the driver. So for people like you, like when you think of the concept of the of the passenger seat, you think of the passenger as being on the left. Yeah, the front left. So I this always... is crazy. This is like Australian uh, people from Australia. They have Christmas and it's like summer. This is in insane this is like a basic difference in a very common like idea that people from two different countries can have profound profoundly different you know representations of this idea it's crazy to me like this is the stuff that i keep obsessing about you know passenger seats that's a that's a real concern of mine Whenever I'm in America, I always accidentally get to get in uh, the driver's side of the car <laughs> when I'm a passenger, uh, and people look at me funny. <laughs> what are you doing, buddy? I want to drive. <laughs> like you know, Just... taxi driver, taxi cab drivers give me an interesting, <laughs> confused look. Um, regarding date formats, a few people sent into us uh, this tweet, which is a, a quite a nice illustration. If you remember last week, we were talking about the month, month, day, day, year, year format that Americans use. You know, mm-hmm. month before the day. Um, this is so, so, like people sent us in. Somebody uh, created this tweet a couple of days ago, basically showing that the parts of the world that use that format, so month and day, is just America. The rest of the world uses day and then month. Which makes yeah. it me even more sad. You know, it makes it even better because they truly believe they are the chosen ones for this date format. It's it's it just see, it's just perfect. So let, let's, uh, Stephen, let 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 let's make them believe that uh, they're using the right format. It, it just it makes is, me sad. It is it is it is amazing, honestly. Um, anyway. Do we we're gonna get so many angry tweets and emails about you know especially because Steven is not on the show to kind of guide us mm-hmm. through American uh, traditions. I feel like we're we're the Europeans can can you know say this kind of stuff because Steven is not here. So hey, it's cool. Um, in regards to uh, me and you were talking over, um, I say talking over. I think it was probably an argument about. Um, 
old apps and having them removed from the app store. And that, that quite quite a, a lot of interesting follow-up came through from this of people that disagreed with me or agreed with uh, me or you know, vice versa for you um, about the way that apps should be displayed in the app store after a certain period of time. And, and I think one of the best pieces uh, of follow-up on, on a solution, possible solution for this came from Nash, um, who said maybe instead of removing apps from the app store, they go into like a section, like an archived section that's kind of like a graveyard. Because people were saying, like, you know, if I have this old device, how can I get apps for it? And I mean, my my feeling is, you know, at a certain point, you just have to get rid of them, just just like cut them out. Um, and I know that you don't like the idea of that, so maybe there could be a place where these old apps go. Maybe you can only see them if you have an old device, or I don't know. Um, but yeah, that that could be an interesting way of doing it. Well, it's like when you when you think about, for example, what Nintendo is doing on the on their eShop, they have sections for different consoles. And, of course, the, the stuff for the 3DS and the Wii U is front and center in the eShop. But you, you can also scroll a bit and you get to the old DS, you know, WiiWare sections. And those is old software. It's, you know, no longer supported, but you can still browse, you can still see stuff, you can still, you, maybe uh, you can still download stuff. So it wouldn't be too too dissimilar as a concept. Uh, of course, the newest stuff that is updated all the time for the latest iOS and OS X, of course, th- that kind of software is highlighted by Apple more and you can easily find it. But what if I purposefully want to find an old app from three years ago that never received an update for some weird reason, uh, you know? Uh, I should be able to, and I think that having like a special buried section where you can find these old apps, it's 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 a good compromise. And so thanks for the follow up to uh, Nash P, should be the the username. Uh, it's a pretty cool username actually. So thank you. And then finally, in standard follow-up this week, Garrick wrote in um, about upgrade pricing on the Mac App Store and said, I've often wondered why developers don't release their application as you know the 1.0 and provide 1.x releases for free, as normal in most cases. But then when they have a big upgrade, why don't they add features in the upgrade as in-app purchase, effectively making the 2.0 version um, of the app as an in-app purchase from the 1.0 version? It doesn't have to specifically be called version 2, uh, but you get what I mean. So basically, you know, what he's saying is why don't, you know, like little features and bug fixes and stuff just as 1.x, but then when there's new features, why not do those as an in-app purchase? Um, and Stephen wrote some notes here, which I think me and you both agree with, and I kind of yep. want to go through this. So the problem with doing this sort of stuff is it can it can really make the code base quite complex as you have to try and work out, like, you know, the, the app can have, some users might have these features, some users might have these features, and it can make things quite difficult. And I think as well, like, like coding an app to to have features like actual app features hidden behind in-app purchase can make things quite difficult to do. Um, it can be confusing for users, um, and also like you know if somebody wants to do a design change, like an overall design change, and a lot of the time if you're if you're completely overhauling your UI. Uh, that's a huge selling point, and many people see that as a time to go to a version two. But how do you do stuff like that within app purchase? It doesn't doesn't really work so well. Um, and also, like you know, one way that that 
people thought that this stuff was going to get easier was with by like the ability to read um re- like to read the receipts of stuff like in-app purchase receipts or purchasing receipts but this is still uh, a problematic mess as we know from from some of our developer friends and, and working that stuff out and being able to to read who's purchased what and where and doing re- restoring like from previous versions and when you go into an app and you restore like purchases and stuff all of that can still be an absolute mess and whilst it seems like um in theory a good thing to do it is apparently very very difficult to to effectively pull off and 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 make it work just the way that you would want yeah one one major benefit of having a single version of your app on the app store would be that you retain as a developer you retain all of your rankings and your position in the app store search uh, so when you're instead, if you want to launch a new app, you get to start from scratch. So you don't have any reviews or rankings and you don't have any, uh, you know, your position in the App Store search results is is lower. So that's one argument for staying with the just one version of the same app over 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 time. But it gets crazy when you want to do upgrades like major overhauls or, you know, UI changes. Or maybe you want to rewrite the co- the entire code base of your app and you want to hide that behind uh, an in-app purchase. It gets too complex and too complicated when you want to account for the different versions of what a user is, on, is using on, on his device. And what if, you know, what if the same user is... It, maybe uses the app on one device doesn't unlock the in-app purchase on the other device it gets really complex and it from a technical perspective and therefore uh, also as a final product on the app store it, it, it is easier and, and recommended to if you want to start from scratch if you have a major update to an app to just you know have a new version on the app store and so i think that this the solution would be to model some kind of upgrade pricing for companies like uh, like Omni Group, for example, uh, kind of like a complete my bundle that works. So developers, including the Omni Group, have been trying to use complete my bundle to help, to offer some kind of upgrade pricing, and they they've run into some you know into all sorts of limitations and errors and confusion. So it would be it would be some something like that only done for upgrades for really expensive apps and for companies that want to keep the same customers over three, five, ten years. And because it's it's not crazy at this point to believe that the app store can go on for decades because it's you know it launched in seven years ago. So it's been it's been quite a quite a quite a few years. And there's companies that want to do business with the same customers over and over. And definitely using in a purchases to to unlock uh, new features of the same app is it's not going to work, I think. And Joseph Rosenstiel in the chat room has given some uh, a good another good part of this is another problem. The in-app purchase model like this for a paid app doesn't work for new purchases because you buy the app and then you have to go and buy more stuff, right? It's just yeah. not a nice way to begin your uh your your like your time with the application. Like you buy it um, when it's like at one, let's say it's at version three or whatever. You buy it, you go in, you buy it once, and then you have to buy like six different in-app purchases to get it up to the current version. Yeah. It just doesn't work very well. I believe what the internet calls this uh, type of uh, model is paymium, which is an, an abomination of a <laughs> word, but it exists. Paymium. 
pay Fair me enough. Pay, pay me pay me um, all the money <laughs> it's like pay and opium it sounds like premium i don't know sure uh, on that <laughs> note let's take a quick break and when we come back uh, from this break we're going to be joined uh, by sam surface to talk about redacted for the mac but this week's episode is brought to you by our friends over at lynda.com, the online learning platform with over 3,000 on-demand video courses to help you strengthen your business, technology, and creative skills. To get yourself a free 10-day trial to try it out for yourself, visit lynda.com, that's L-Y-N-D-A dot com slash connected. Lynda.com is for people that want to learn new things. It's for people that want to learn new hobbies. It's for people that want to make things happen in their life. You know, maybe you are looking for a promotion. Maybe you want to fill some time that you have with a new hobby that you, and it's something you've always wanted to learn for years and years. This is the stuff that Lindsay.com can help you learn. Maybe you want to learn Photoshop, right? But you want to become a designer, you want to learn Photoshop, you want to learn Illustrator. They have some incredible courses like on these Adobe programs and apps alone they have like a whole breadth of courses on all types of things like the fundamentals of how to actually use the app and they can teach you from like start to finish basically you know like getting started and all like complex tools as well but also like if you're thinking about that sort of stuff you could think about some of the other fundamental things you might want to learn so like typography and color and stuff like that you know once you start getting into design with photoshop you might want to learn a little bit more about that as well to help you bring out your best work maybe you're looking to develop your first app and you want to learn how to use xcode you want to learn how to develop an ios app from from the start or maybe you're getting into it right now and you're thinking maybe i just go and learn swift and they have swift programming first looks and then they have how to build an ios app with swift they have courses on all of this and then once you've built a really popular and successful ios app you maybe want to bring it over to android they have courses on that and then maybe you want to learn how to do marketing for your app as well we're going to talk about marketing in a moment midlinda.com they can help you learn this stuff if you want their courses are taught by absolute experts who are really passionate about the stuff that they're teaching you can stream these courses wherever you want whenever you want using their android or ios apps you can also watch them on demand on the web as well. Uh, their courses are structured so you can watch them from start to finish in order or you can consume them in bite-sized pieces. You can watch them in any order you want and you can make playlists and watch them with all different types of courses and you can watch different chunks in whatever order you may wish to watch them in. Your Lynda.com membership will give you unlimited access to training on hundreds of topics all for one flat rate. Whether you're looking to become an industry expert, you're passionate about a hobby, you just want to learn something new, go ahead and visit lynda.com slash connected. That's L-Y-N-D-A dot com slash connected and sign up for your free 10-day trial. Thank you so much to lynda.com for supporting this show and all of FM. So we're now joined on Connected by Sam Sophus, who you may remember from last week's episode where we were talking about Redacted. Um, and Sam, I believe you listened into the show and you said you'd like to share some thoughts. So we were very happy to to ask you to, to join us on today's show. So thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's probably been a peculiar uh, couple of weeks for you, right? <laughs> yeah, for sure. So um, for anyone that, that didn't listen to last week's episode or didn't remember, uh, basically a couple of weeks ago, Sam released an app called Redacted onto the Mac App Store and kind of wrote up some interesting findings about where the app was sitting in the charts and kind of the revenue that it brought in. So um, Sam, could you give like a, a, a brief kind of what that was on day one, like where you were charted, what those numbers were, and kind of 
talk about how the app is performing now and, and if things are going better or worse than before. Sure. So by the end of um, the first day, I was number eight top paid in um, overall in, in the US and number one in graphics. And that was only 105 units. Uh, so it was like, um, I don't know, a couple hundred dollars. I was like really surprised that you know my little app with a hundred sales could be number eight overall. I wrote a little post. It was just like you know this is crazy. People think the Mac App Store is like you know still this like really great thing, similar to iOS, and it's you know not really the case. And I'd kind of known this from Mac apps in the past, but didn't realize it was like this bad still. What uh, when you kind of saw people talking about you? On, like you know, you wrote this post. I mean, I don't know what you 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 were thinking about when you wrote the post initially. But how did it feel to then kind of become part of the news cycle for a few days as people were kind of talking about your post and it kind of blew up? What was that like? It's kind of surprising. I, there was lots of different reactions. People, you know, saying like it was ridiculous that I you know felt that I should have made more being this high or whatever. And I was like, you know, that you know wasn't at all what I was. I was getting out, I was just like sharing my numbers because I, you know, I said I was going to anyway before I launched it. And it was just crazy that with 100 downloads on the first day, I could be number eight top paid. So it was interesting to see everyone's take, you know, um, a couple podcasts blamed like sandboxing on the Mac App Store. And um, some podcasts were saying it was ridiculous that I didn't do any marketing because in my post, I just said all I did was tweet it. And, uh, and it was just fair, you know, it was my second day of my new job. So I was, you know, I was busy, but uh, <laughs> Yeah, it, it was just interesting to see everyone's reaction, but no one really like defending the Mac App Store. It, everyone was just kind of like, "Yeah, this is this is terrible," and then trying to explain, you know, why they thought that was. Um, I don't know. It's very interesting. So, Sam, uh, um, I was thinking about your strategy to basically don't do any marketing for the app, and still you managed to uh, to get in the in the top charts and. I found that quite amusing because at first I was thinking like, why is Sam not doing any marketing? That seems like, a, you know, it doesn't seem like a good strategy. But then again, I'm, I'm thinking and this app with no marketing, basically with just a few tweets, you ended up in the top charts. Do you think that's, um, that's a, the reflection of a problem? Do you think that basically with no marketing, a simple Mac app can still get in the top charts? Do you think... That's maybe you should have you should have done any market some marketing you know but maybe even without marketing you went into the top charts that's pretty crazy. Yeah, I mean definitely I, I would have had I had time but as this was like you know transitioning to a new job it's kind of like oh whatever it's done I'll tweet it and kind of like forgot about it you didn't post it to Product Hunt or anything literally all I did was like tweet it and went to work um, and I feel like of those hundred downloads the first day most of them are people that follow me on Twitter so. I mean, great, 100 downloads, whatever. Um, but it was crazy that, you know, that's the top chart. So, I mean, if that's all it takes, then, like, sure, if you have, like, any sizable Twitter following, like, a tweet's all you need. Um, it's just pretty nuts. So, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I guess that's good, but, like, still the next day was, like, half the sales from the first day, and I was still, mm-hmm. like, top chart, and, and even, I think, best new app at that point. Um, so, I mean, at this point, it's, like you know, well under $1,000 being like super featured in the, in the app store. So, yeah. So as, um, from your, from your perspective as a, as an indie developer, um, 
how do you think, that especially not just the App Store, but the Mac App Store uh, could be better? Do you think th there's anything that Apple should be doing to help people like you, even, you know, small indie developers who want to make simple apps and be able to sustain themselves in the, in the top charts or, you know, just in the, in the Mac App Store in general? How do you feel like uh, the Mac App Store should be improved? Hmm. <laughs> well, just one, one, one extra thought on the, on the marketing stuff. You know, see, I had done a bunch of marketing and it's been all this time or even money on ads and stuff. Like, I feel like I wouldn't have done that much better than, than I did anyway. Mm -hmm. um, just kind of interesting. I mean, because my, my best day so far was 410 units, um, which was when I was like on the front of uh, Mac Rumors. Yeah, I feel like it's hard to get much better than that for uh, like something like, and a bunch of other blogs you know, picked it up that day as well, you know. Uh, I feel like it's hard to do better than that to have like all the major Apple blogs reblogging the the Mac rumors stuff. Mm -hmm. um, you know, like I couldn't have bought that much press. Um, I don't know. Yeah, because I mean, it's it, it's a simple utility. You know, it's it's uh, like I get what you're saying. Even even with a major marketing plan, it's still a very uh, niche application for for OS ten users. So, but yeah, I understand. I mean, especially you know, indie developers like you cannot cannot just you know do all the, the, the you know the marketing and to think about I don't know like App Store. Uh, search opt optimization and all that kind of stuff. You just want to make an app and you want to sell it. And and the fact that you managed to be in the top charts, I, I think that's great, but also a problem. So I was yeah. wondering again, what kind of improvements would you like to see maybe in the future? I mean, I don't really think it's anything Apple is doing that's like causing this really. I mean, like sure they could update the Mac App Store and make, make it Better because like the app's just old and you know like the design doesn't really match Yosemite that much and um, and whatever. But I mean, sure, there's like tools they could add for developers, like analytics, like we have on iOS, we don't have on on Mac, and hmm. you know, fine, whatever. I think the main problem is people just don't care about the Mac. Um, I mean, you can even see it in the shift from Apple's keynotes, like less and less focused on OS 10 and like way more on iOS and and iOS related devices, like you know, like the watch or whatever. Um, mm -hmm. and I think just people aren't buying Mac apps really. And I don't know, like maybe that's like a big marketing push from Apple to fix this, but I think it's, you know, we're moving less or we're moving more away from the desktop and maybe that's okay. And maybe this is just like how it is and it's going to keep going down unless you're someone like that's selling an expensive app and a lot of it, you're just not going to do well, um, making mm -hmm. Mac software. I don't know. After you saw kind of the the charts and stuff on the first day, um, did you think? Did you put? I know that you said you were you were asking people what they thought, or you had people coming to you and saying what they thought you were going to be earning. Did you think that the numbers were going to be higher than they were? Yeah, I mean, I assumed like number eight top paid would be a lot more money, like at least like five thousand um, dollars, but. You know, like, and one of the friends was like, yeah, it's at least 20 grand. And I was like, oh, man, I didn't even, like, think it would make this much ever because it's this little utility. Time to retire. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, second day of my new job. Maybe it's my last day, you know. Um, if I'm going to make, like, you know, 20 grand a day for a couple months, like, that would be spectacular. Um, I mean, which is totally not out of the question for, you know, a top paid on iOS. That's, like, a crazy amount of money. But I didn't realize the gap was, was that much. And most people were guessing, you know, like, 
well over a thousand dollars at least. You know, and my I think my total was like, oh, what was it, three hundred and two dollars. So, you know, not great overall. So to date, so it came out May fifth. It's the nineteenth today. Uh, my total proceeds are six and a half thousand. Um, which I make six and a half thousand every week. Like that's not bad at all, but it's definitely going down. Um, you know, my spike from all of the press is definitely like trailing off it. And that's fine. That's expected. Uh, it's, it's definitely performing around the numbers I would have kind of guessed as far as like number of units. Um, but to have that number of units be in the top charts is, is super surprising. Was it a bit of a gut punch? Like when you saw the the analytics on the on the second day, yeah, I, I definitely like got my my expectations up after like going out to dinner and people were like, oh yeah, you're gonna make all this money, and then all these people on Twitter are guessing um, to realize it was like three hundred dollars was um, it was a little sad, but I mean that's more of like what I would expected, just like the charts, you know, gave me all these high hopes, and it was it's just sad to see that you can make that much of a splash in the app store with just so few downloads. Sure. So over, over the years, uh, there's always been some kind of discussion about um, the benefit of having the top charts on the app store, because, you know, all the popular uh, apps end up in the top charts and indie developers can never make it in the top charts. And this is very true on iOS, but as we've seen <laughs> with your case and your story on the Mac, indie developers can make it to the top charts and especially in the, in the top 10. What are your thoughts on the, on the top charts uh, on the on the App Store? Do you think they're useful as a developer or as a user to kind of discover apps? Um, have you ever thought about you know getting rid of the top charts would they make the the app store a better place for uh indie developers like you i mean so i think the the alternative to top charts is like more curated lists either by apple or by you know whoever um so now like if i'm trying to find a game i don't really play many games but sometimes i'm like you know i want to go find a game to play and i'll browse the top charts because i feel like that's a pretty good like what's popular these can't be that bad um, that are a look at Apple's lists. And I feel like browsing Apple's list or browsing the top charts, you know, like I'm going to check both and that's fine. And if the top charts weren't there, I'd feel like I was missing out, like that I'm trusting Apple to like pick the good ones. And maybe there's some indie one that just took off that they're not featuring yet. Um, so I don't know. I think overall as a user, I, I prefer having the option to look at the top charts. Uh, and as a developer, I think it's great because once you get in the top charts, you're more likely to stay in the top charts for, you know, longer than um you're, you're more likely to do well longer than if you weren't in the top charts so i don't know they don't bother me um per se i don't know do you guys think they should be removed uh it's tricky because like i feel from a from a personal perspective like I want more curation and I want to see like better lists of apps and games handpicked by other human beings uh, because I I feel like I trust uh, the taste of people better than algorithms. But as a user, like when I talk to my friends and they don't read uh, Apple blogs, they don't follow, you know, Apple people on Twitter, I just want to kind of relate to them with the latest game, with the latest, you know, uh, app on the iPhone. And I feel like browsing the top charts is a good way to, you know, kind of talk with people, with like with normal people about 
software and apps because everybody's downloading apps. So it, they're kind of like a simple way to discover popular stuff, but maybe it's you know maybe it, it it's it's like this because it's the only easy way to discover popular stuff. Maybe with an alternative there would be another you know they the alternative would become popular with people. So I don't know. I feel like I I use them but I want another solution. I don't know if it makes sense. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if I could see what my friends are yeah. downloading or using, like that would be spectacular. I don't see Apple doing that ever or yeah. doing yeah. a good job at it, but that'd be great. I feel like when I, I, I can't remember the last time that, that I found something truly useful or enjoyable for me by looking at top charts. Like I've I've downloaded stuff that's been in there that I've seen somebody link to, right? Like a game or something. But I can't remember the last time that I was in the app store, looked in the top charts and was like, oh, that looks fun. You know, I, I feel like it's full of stuff that is maybe not for me. I, I think, yeah, I'd have the same yeah. experience. <laughs> yeah, pretty or, much. Or on the Mac app store, it's full of Apple's apps. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, Final Cut does pretty well from what I gather. <laughs> so, Sam, the last last thing I wanted to ask you today, um, looking back at this, has your has like has, has your opinions changed on Apple's platforms in any way? Like, are you going to continue to do stuff like this? Do you think, or is this an experiment and you've kind of learned something from it, which maybe says that you maybe don't want to do this again? That's tough. I because I've, I've worked on client apps before that have had you know over 2 million downloads in a day before and, and have done super well from from that perspective. So, like, being able to replicate that on my own would be, like, you know, pretty great. Um, so that kind of, like, knowing that that's, like, obtainable is, uh, is kind of a, a nice, like, incentive. But I think on the Mac, I don't think that that's really a reality at all. Um, unless you have something that's, you know, $50 plus and can sell a lot of it. Uh, it's just not going to do well because the volume's just not there compared to iOS. So, I don't know. I'm sure I'll make some more. I have, you know, I've been working on this Markdown editor called Whiskey for a really long time. And I'm definitely still going to finish it and release it on the Mac App Store. Um, but it's not so much like I want to make a bunch of money with it. It's more, this is something I enjoy working on and would like to sell. And I think that's kind of the attitude I've always had and then kind of was, you know, thought oh it would be great to make all this money you know when i saw the charts but you know it's like well i'll just keep making stuff because i like it for the mac and for ios is maybe that's where like actual business is is possible um but now that i have a job I, i've been you know on my own for a long time and just switched to having a job um a couple weeks ago so it's less of a thing now it's like well i'll make something because it's fun and and whatever but i mean you you can see a lot of folks like panic left the app store and I, I feel like just Mac apps in general have really like the amount have gone down a lot. Um, I mean, even like real Mac puts out great stuff and they kind of have been focusing on clear overall their other things lately. Um, at least from my, from my view, I, I'm sure they do work on other things, but um, I don't know. I, I feel like the Mac app store is just on, on the decline and um, no one seems to be saying otherwise. So Sam, thank you so much for joining us. Um, where can people find your work and, and keep in touch with you? Uh, I'm Sophus on Twitter, S-O-F-F-E-S, uh, and my website's S-O-F-F dot E-S. Um, so feel free to say hi. Thanks again for having me, guys. I really appreciate it. Thank no, you. It's an absolute pleasure. Thank you for joining us.
Right, so Federico, I just want to take our second break here, and then we can talk all about your Apple Watch, which I'm very excited mm-hmm. about. Okay. This week's episode of Connected is also brought to you by Smile Software and PDF Pen Scan Plus, which is the app for mobile scanning and OCR. With PDF Pen Scan Plus from our good friends at Smile, you can scan documents with the greatest of ease right from your iPhone and your iPad. It is a super powerful, super beautiful app. But one of the great things about this app is because it is an iOS app, it is always with you. When you have the power of an app like this in your pocket, it totally changes the way that you use it. PDF Pen Scan Plus has recently been updated to version 2, and it's a free upgrade for existing users. You can now blast through stacks of documents faster than you ever could before. Basically, all you need to do now is you get your documents, you get maybe your receipts or contracts or bills or whatever. You put them all in a pile, you open PDF Pen Scan Plus, you point PDF Pen Scan Plus, like, you know, you point your iPhone with the app running at the document and it does everything else. It automates capturing the image, cropping the image and setting the size and color depth of the scan. You no longer need to tap anything. You just point and scan, take the next one, scan, take the next one, scan, take the next one. You just could just blast through them all faster than ever before. You can export multiple documents at once. So it makes this batch scanning even easier than ever before. And when you combine this with the on-device OCR that will automatically name files for you by date and also lets you grab the text if you're scanning for copying and pasting, you combine this with the fact that you can send them straight up to iCloud and Dropbox your scans once you're done. This is all of the scanning and OCR that you're ever going to need on a device that can fit into your pocket. This is mind-blowing. Try it out for yourself. It's absolutely incredible. This is just one of the other fantastic apps from Smile that I just cannot get enough of. PDF Pen Scan Plus is now available in the PDF Business Kit, which is an app bundle from Smile, which includes PDF Pen Scan Plus and PDF Pen for iPad and iPhone for just $21.99. If you were to buy them separately, PDF Pen Scan Plus is $6.99 and PDF Pen for iPad and iPhone is $19.99. You get them both together for $21.99 so you can scan things with PDF Pen Scan Plus then you can make amendments to them, you can edit them and everything in PDF Pen for iPad. This is a super deal. You should go and get it for yourself today. You can find out more at smilesoftware.com slash connected. The best scanner is the one that's with you so go grab PDF Pen Scan Plus from the App Store today. Thank you so much to Smile for the continued support of Connected and Relay FM. Federico Vatici, how long have you had your watch for and how excited are you? Okay, so what day? Uh, today's Tuesday, so I believe for five days, maybe. Let's check the activity app on my iPhone. So I received my Apple Watch from Germany um, thanks to a friend of mine who received my watch and shipped it to me in, in just, you know, about 24 hours. Uh, I received my watch on Thursday, on May 14th. So yeah, it's uh, six days that I've had my watch and I have a few thoughts, Mike, and a few questions also for you and for listeners. I've been so excited about this. Well, I've been, I've been very excited too, uh, because, it, you know, a new Apple product in, in five years and... Considering what the latest Apple new Apple product, the iPad, did to the way that I work and communicate with people, uh, uh, you can guess that I'm very curious and excited to, to see what this, this new gadget can do for me. 
So I, uh, if you don't mind, I organized my uh, just a bunch of notes and thoughts in sections. So maybe we want to go through these sections and I would like to start from the, the sport band. Sure, let's do it. So I bought the sport model with the black, uh, with the black band. It's uh, the 42 uh, model with a, with a black sport band. Um, so coming into this watch and I was kind of skeptical about uh, the sport band because I saw a lot of people saying that it was really sweaty, that, you know, it was uh, difficult to to strap on and that it was kind of that it was not the it was not the best material for for from Apple and I kind of agree and disagree with those thoughts from some people I don't I, I haven't found it to be sweaty at all like it's just fine for me so maybe there must be some kind of skin stuff going on that it's maybe it's different from people to people um i found that like on some days it might be sweaty if i'm really warm or active but like it's i wouldn't call it sweaty like a couple of times i've noticed you know but like it's it's i don't find it to be that way either you know and, i don't know and i'm sure like after you've worked out right if you move yeah, the band the sweat course. It, right because that's yeah. just what's going to happen but i i don't find that every day i'm like oh this thing is terrible you know i don't feel that yeah. I, I agree i agree if you completely there how uh, tight do you have it just out of well, interest i'm wearing the what's the name the medium large yep. uh, band yep. and i'm on the uh, from the left on the third hole in the in the band okay so i have mine on the fourth one so okay. for, for me if i raise my arm my watch goes up uh, my watch goes down my arm if i lower it it goes down you know so like it moves if i raise and lower my arm like up in the air right now the watch will move around does that oh, yeah? happen for you or do you have it really tight no it's really tight yes i don't like that no i don't no, like no. that i like i like it to be tight like i i i i, I feel like it's sitting on my wrist and i let like I want it to be like firm in place. Yeah. I don't want it to, to wiggle around and move. Uh, yeah, no, I, I could go I've crazy with like that kind of stuff. I've never been like that. For me, uh, is it not a problem with the sensor? Uh, the way that you wear it? No, I can raise. I can, if I try and get my heartbeat now, it will do it. Um, which is you know that 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 works. And I would say I probably feel like three quarters of the taps, which I feel probably isn't too out of whack for most people. Hmm. I don't know. I feel like it's. I would go crazy with a watch that moved, and so I chose to. Like I, I did a few tests uh, with the position of the band, and, and and I chose to keep it just tight enough not to be, you know, not to basically hurt my wrist. So <laughs> I feel like this is the best spot. Yeah, and, I mean, you know, it's not going crazy, but it it moves up and down my wrist quite quite easily. Mm-hmm. But I have been a watch user for longer, and that is oh, just yeah. how I have always worn yeah, watches. Yeah. It's like your pers- personal preference. Yeah, yeah, I haven't worn a watch for uh, like a decade, maybe, uh, especially a digital watch. The last time that I that I wore a watch, it was a, an analog one that my girlfriend bought me, and the digital watch I stopped wearing maybe fifteen years ago. So it's quite a comeback for me. Anyway, the, uh, the the sport band, it's not sweaty, at least in my experience, um, but it's very difficult to put on. And this is something that I'm still noticing because it's kind of weird. Like, the 
the, the part of the band that basically latches onto the, the other uh, the other part of the of the of the band kind of have has to go below and then you have to slide it to find your you know the basically the position that you like and it is kind of it is kind of difficult and uh, I'm still struggling to find the best way to kind of rotate my wrist and use my fingers to, um, to, 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 you know, to kind of put on the, the, the sport band in the morning. And we, we just had an article today on, on Mac stories by, um, Stephen Aquino writing about the accessibility of the sport band. And uh, he makes uh, a few points about, you know, people with disabilities and with motor delays uh it, they can have real issues with with sport band and if you know uh i don't have any disabilities but i'm already struggling and mm. i'm still struggling with the sport band so i can only imagine how some people it would be really prob- problematic for them and but i also understand why apple went with this design because it when when you manage to to put on the the sport band it especially if you if you keep it tight on your wrist it it that it never moves and it's super comfortable. So I can understand why they went with this design, which by the way seems to be like one of the Mark News on uh, iPod. What's the name? I I iPod. The, yeah. The watch company that the Mark News had. So it's it's a design that has been around for a while, and I understand it. It's just a bit difficult for me. It's interesting. I wonder if it will get easier because I have uh, now I have developed like a just a way that I put it on. I can do it one-handed. I'm doing it right now. So, like, watch goes over, I just tuck it under, I clip in the pin, and then slide it through. How do you... How do you clip the pin? I just... So, like, um, I grab... So, I'm, like, I'm holding the strap with my forefinger and thumb. But you have those really long fingers. Yeah, see, I might be a... a, 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 a <laughs> you an have advantage. an advantage... So then I, I, with my middle finger, I'm now pushing the other side up and I'm holding it in place and then I just clip it in. Yeah, this is one of your, one of your moves. Uh. I I, I can't replicate (laughs) that. (laughs) Um, So I have a a thought about getting multiple bands for the Apple Watch. So I got uh, the black band, which is, you know, it's a, it's a sport band. It's fine. I go out with the, with the, uh, with the sport band, I don't care. It, it, black, you know, black goes on on everything. It's it's no problem for the way that I usually dress. I usually have black t-shirts or white t-shirts anyway, so it's fine from a from a visual standpoint. Um, but I'm wondering, maybe I want to get you know, even if I if I have the the space gray Apple Watch Sport, which is the cheap one, uh, maybe I could get you know uh, one of the unofficially supported. Uh, fancier bands for the Apple Watch, the steel one, and still use it on my Apple Watch Sport. Uh, I don't know, maybe I could get the, the black link bracelet or maybe something fancy like the leather loop or whatever it's called. And I'm thinking uh, maybe I want to, you know, maybe I should think about in the future having two or, two or three bands to kind of swap around and so I can I can go with the, with the best configuration that I want for any given day or occasion. But you know me from virtual mic, and you know how I'm seriously affected by the problem, the paralysis really of choice. 
of having too many choices. And I, I've been thinking about this this problem. It's and, and I kinda uh I've been considering the way that I that I relate to this problem and I it's like I see it as some sort of like the Pokemon effect. So because I know I know myself once I get an additional band for the Apple Watch uh, just like Pokemon, I want to catch them all. Yeah, I yeah. want to have them all, you know, like sure. a collection. Um, this is also why I'm not buying the Amiibo figurines from Nintendo, because otherwise I'm just going to... Something is going to trigger in my brain and I will want to have them all. So, because I, I will know that once I get, you know, the Milanese loop, maybe I want to get the leather one, because, hey, why don't you like the leather one? Get the leather one. And so I'm thinking maybe I should just stick with the sport band. Life will be easier for me. Uh, my wallet will thank me and it'll just be a black band and it's fine. So, I mean, I still want and will be still getting a Milanese loop. Um, but I agree with you completely because now I also want a black sport band. <laughs> and I'm going to buy, I'm hoping I'll be able to buy them both in San Francisco. Because the the sport bands, they're like two week shipping now, um, in in England. Like mm-hmm. the the Milanese is is like eight weeks, so I'm just not going to buy it yet. I'm going to wait until I can go out there. If I can't get it, I'm just going to order them both. Um, like if they're not available, I, I've seen you know everyone's been saying June, so I mean that is June, so maybe I can get it then. Uh, but you know, so I'm I'm going to wait and just see. Nice. You know what I can so do. It is true. You 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 are inclined to buy multiple bands. Oh, definitely, definitely. Mm, cool. So the next, I, I kind of want to talk about software now because I don't feel like there's much to say about the hardware. The digital crown well, as okay, an, well, as I mean, a, they, okay, so you say about the digital crown, but, but what do you feel about the weight and stuff? Like, how do you feel on your wrist? It's fine. Yeah? It's it, it's super light. Mm-hmm. Not a problem. The the sport band, it's very very nice. Uh, the screen, it's it's great. I think I can I can I can see the I can kind of see the pixels if I put it up close to my eyes. But I you know I really have to look at the screen. It's I don't. It looks like a Retina display most of the time. Uh, I think it's it's awesome. It's super light, comfortable. I, I do think it's kind of like the charging system is genius. But I want to buy a stand. Because I don't like it, when, like like it rolls on the side. When, because I have no no charging stand or accessory, just the cable. So my top tip, um, mm-hmm. I have some like um, we we call it blue tack here. Um, so what you put on the back of a poster to stick on the wall. You put the what on what? Right, you know posters <laughs> that you put on the wall. Yes. Right. Do you have anything there that is kind of like a, it's like an adhesive? But it just comes right off again. Like you use it to just tack things to a wall. So you're not putting a nail in them or anything like that. You just use something to stick it onto a wall with, but you can take it off and there's no damage to the wall. Yeah. Yeah. So I have, we have stuff like that. It's called Blue Tack. Maybe you should Google it so you can see what I'm looking at here. Blue Tack. Um, but I've stuck some of that to the back oh. of my. Uh, charger and it's just stuck to my bedside table and it's perfect doesn't move no i've never seen like i know what this is not sure i've ever seen it used by my family or friends in italy it's kind of like one of those things that children play play with 
Yeah, I guess so. I guess so. But this is more. I, it's kind of like that plasticine, but it's uh, yeah. it's like that. But it, it's used for this kind of stuff. Blue Tech, I believe, is a is like a brand name. So you'll be able mm-hmm. to find something in Italy which is similar. And that I believe you'll find Federico is what is known as a life hack that I have just given you there. Um, you should you should start a blog. Ah, the the life hack blog. The British life hack. <laughs> <laughs> you, uh, I, I don't want you to be sued by by life hacker, so but, please don't follow my advice. We don't have. I don't know what you're talking about. I've never. This is my name. personal disclaimer for you. Um, so, Mike. Um, anyway, the the hardware is fine. The G, the digital crown has a very like smooth feeling, mm-hmm. and it uh, it's like sometimes I find myself just scrolling the digital crown for no reason, just because it feels good to to do that. Yep. I don't know. Just it's very nice. Um, I want to talk about the software. Sure. I, I feel like software and apps are the the big part for me. So let's just get this out of the way. You were right about notifications. Cool. And being you know receiving notifications while you you don't want to pull out your phone and you don't want to be distracted. And I. You know, there's many software features of the Apple Watch that I want to talk about, but notifications have been a, a, the, like the biggest surprise maybe for me because I didn't think that my my lifestyle would adopt so quickly to not using my phone to check on a notification. So I've, I I found myself leaving my iPhone in my pocket or maybe on a, on my desk or in, on my kitchen table. Uh, and I'm doing stuff around the house, right? Like maybe I'm cleaning the house or maybe I'm, I'm, I don't know, I'm making lunch or dinner or I'm cleaning the espresso machine or whatever. And I get notifications, right? I get notifications from iMessage, from you, Steven, from Slack. Uh, I get pushover alerts from stuff that happens on the internet. Like today I got a pushover notification for the watchOS update. And I get tons of notif- notifications every day. And I try to come up with a list of stuff that I deem important to me that I never want to miss. So I went into the, the Apple Watch app for the iPhone and my my suspicion was confirmed. I don't get the big deal that people were making in the initial Apple Watch reviews that the notification settings are broken. You just decide uh, what you want to activate or deactivate. I understand the idea of having more granular controls, but I think the, 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 the critic... Uh, of uh, notifications was way overblown. Anyway, I went into the Apple Watch app. I enabled a bunch of notifications for apps that I that I find important to me. And so I and th- this was Thursday. I was immediately like blown away by the feeling of taps and sounds. Uh, this is one of those things that I couldn't quite remember from my demo at the the the. Uh, March event in San Francisco because the the demo room was very loud and you know there's people bumping around you and you know they there's like the the someone in there's people taking pictures and then like there's a guy behind you that want to that wants to really see the Apple Watch so it starts pushing to see the demo table it's messy and I couldn't get the feeling of the uh, the haptic feedback and the sounds. So those are really, really nice. And 
I especially like the the sound of uh, the iMessage notification. But one thing that I noticed is that the the taps on the on from the Taptic engine were really weak, or at least weaker than I than I expected. So initially, like I was concerned that maybe I got a defective unit. Uh, but then uh, quite a few people on Twitter told me that the, they're just supposed to be these like gentle. They're really soft. And maybe initially, like I couldn't feel them all the time, so I turned on the prominent haptic setting in the in the in the Apple Watch settings. And like I feel like the initial vibration before the tap and the sound helps in like getting my attention. But with time, uh, and by time I mean six days, <laughs> I've, I've found that the, the notifications that don't have the prominent, uh, like the pre-alert, uh, such as the, the move progress or the stand uh, progress during the day, those are just taps. And now I can feel them just fine. And I think I'm getting used to, to like taps and like their, the fact that they're weak uh, that was just, I think, the first couple of days. Now they seem to be fine. And maybe I've adjusted to the kind of tactile feedback from the Apple Watch. And this is also true in the opposite direction for phantom taps. So the first couple of days, I was sure I was getting like ghost taps, uh, you know, but instead I was getting nothing. There was no tap. And now, like, the sensation of those invisible taps has gone mostly. And so I feel like as you start wearing a wearable device, you need to adjust a bit to, you know, taps, vibrations, and that kind of stuff. And I feel like I'm in the in, in the middle of this process. I feel like now I can understand taps and, and vibrations better. And but the what I'm really impressed by is just how much I depended on get pulling out my, my phone and to check notification and then being distracted by something else. So I open Slack because I receive a Slack notification and I end up inevitably doing something else in Slack and talking to people, opening links and sharing GIFs, you know? And then two hours later, you're back out Slack again. That is kind of the way it tends to be. And this happens with, you know, Twitter, iMessage. Uh, Imagine all the notifications that you get. And because, you know, you're using your phone and all your apps are there and you unlock your phone already because it's so easy with touch id and now you're using apps so why not go check out twitter why not go check out email rss and you're wasting time and you're being distracted and in using the watch and making like an effort to really try to understand the watch i feel like like i'm free in a way like my phone is in my pocket, and I know that I can use my phone if I want to or if necessary. But my watch is on my wrist, and I can just look at my watch when I get a notification, which is, you know, way more elegant as a solution. You know, the tap and the sound uh, as a loud sound effect on your phone, distracting other people, possibly. And I get a notification. I can just raise my wrist and I can take a look at the notification. And at that point, I can decide. And most of the time, I can just look at the notification and just be, okay, so this happened, right? So this thing is going on on my phone. And now what am I doing? 
and maybe I'm, you know, doing dishes or I'm making lunch or dinner for my girlfriend. And I'm like, okay, whatever. This happened. I will deal with it later. And I feel like the form factor, because it's a watch, and the software, because the apps are limited, they help me kind of in this mindset of information, new information is available on my phone. But now I'm doing something else and I need to finish what I'm doing because I don't want to be glued to my phone all the time. But this is not just some kind of hippie way of thinking about the Apple Watch and notifications and like, I've found a new way of this new age of notifications. It's just a practical approach. Today, for example, I was shopping with my girlfriend and as we were shopping, I got a bunch of notifications from you and Twitter and I just checked the notifications and I just continued shopping and enjoying my afternoon with my girlfriend. But at some point, I got a notification from Pushover um, and he told me that there was a software update for the Apple Watch. And that was really important because it was the first software update and I knew that when that happened, I needed to be ready for Mac Stories. So I told my girlfriend and so, of course, this I checked on the Apple Watch and in a couple of seconds, I told my girlfriend and she told me, go ahead and, and just post it on Mac Stories. So because I've been, you know preparing for this time of just using the Apple Watch and the iPhone, I made sure that all the blogging tools and scripts and workflows that I have on my iPad are also on my phone now. So since the notification, in just two to maybe three minutes, I chose to use my phone and I created the article and I published the article on MacStories with with the screenshots and everything. So, and that was like, it made me think because... Most of the notifications, I continued with my day and I dealt with them later. But with the important one, the watch helped me make a decision. And it wasn't like I was walking around the store with, the, with my face on, on inside the iPhone, just being totally distracting, totally distracted and not enjoying my day. I was using the same device, only, you know, most of the time... I ignore notifications. It's not that I ignore them. See, that's wrong. I see notifications just in a more concise environment that doesn't incentivize me uh, to be distracted by the phone. So that was that's been like I'm still exploring the notifications that I want to receive, how much I want to be aware of stuff happening on Twitter and, and, you know, my website and Slack. But I I already feel like when you were, uh, last year, when you were talking about the, like, the feeling of having notifications on your wrist, just quickly glance at notification and go on with whatever you're doing, I feel like you were right. And so whether it's shopping and you're walking around the store and you just want to look at notification, or maybe I'm, you know, in the kitchen and I'm doing stuff and I just flick a flick of a wrist and I'm, and I'm looking at a notification. I feel like there's a very much a solid potential there and not just, again, not just a philosophical potential, but the very, it's very practical. I keep coming back to, to the idea that it, all of this is just practical. 
It's just, I want to do stuff and uh, see, I want to work and I want to enjoy my day. And I feel like the app, and this is not, this is a bigger topic than just notifications, but I feel like the Apple Watch is helping me in both cases. And notifications is just one aspect. Um, is that enough about notifications, Mike? Yeah, I'm I'm pleased that you spoke a little bit about that. And I'm I'm really happy that um that you have found them to be useful in this way. Like that is that makes me happy, basically. Awesome. Because yeah. I mean, because you know, me and you spoke about this for a while, and I think that you were never really sold on it, and and I was always convinced yep. that that you no. would understand it once you used it, because it does need that. Um, then, but and and I'm I'm happy that that has been the case for you, because I was convinced that it would be. So I, I'm I'm happy to feel like I wasn't crazy. Yeah, and you know that Mike was right. You know, that kind yeah, of stuff. yeah. You know that you know how important that is to me. Yes, yes. So the second uh, big aspect for me is the all the fitness features. And, you know, because I, I've been th- talking about this stuff for a while, and I believe that a wearable device that is on your body, basically, uh, and that has sensors and, you know, can understand uh, your movements and habits can really be helpful on a daily basis. So there's a, a bunch of thoughts here. The first one is... This is very nice for what people call the uh, gamification of uh, fitness and health features, and I feel like I'm 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 making an effort to stand, uh, to stand up more, to just walk around. I, I was already the kind of guy who walked around the house uh, quite a bit during the day, even where, you know, because I use the iPad and I like to stretch myself uh, during, you know, work times. And I was already doing that. But the Apple Watch is helping me visualize that, the, the stand activity. And I feel like that's really helpful because maybe like when when you're when you work at a desk it's easy to forget that maybe you want to go outside for a couple of minutes catch a fresh breath and maybe you want to go to the to the bathroom you know just to, it's important to kind of have breaks and i feel like the apple watch makes it easy to have these breaks and it's they can be healthy i'm sure and the the fact that i can see them in this uh you know in this uh, ring interface it's it is really helpful and and nice and i like you know all the visual breakdowns and the end of the day to be able to see charts and to be able when i to see when i don't stand up because i'm sleeping uh so that's really nice as far as uh the workouts are concerned uh, so lately, I've been uh, I've started doing um, indoor cycling again because I need to walk uh, to to work on my um, on my leg muscles uh, as part of my uh, physical therapy uh, routine, and uh, so I've started doing indoor cycling again. And so the the workout app on on the Apple Watch has been quite helpful for. Um, Two things. The first one is to be able to see my BPM as I as I as I'm on the on the on the bike, and that's helpful because maybe I need to slow down. Uh, you know, there's a like a, a control on the on the on the bike that can help you uh, make it make it like 
uh, tougher or easier. And the BPM is a good metric for me to understand whether I'm like going too hard or not. And But what's really nice is that I can just focus on my workout. The Apple Watch is on my wrist. I don't have to care for like for my phone basically because I used to I used to keep my phone in my pocket but I needed to have like uh like a like a whole setup for my earpods and I I always like I dropped my phone a bunch of times when I was on the uh, either on the on the on the indoor bike or on the treadmill it was always uncomfortable to have uh especially with the, with the iPhone 6 which is bigger and now I can just you know, look at my at my watch. It tells me the elapsed time for the workout, and it sh- it tells me we actually progress in the middle of a workout, which is very nice. Uh, that it gives me a tap uh, in my in my halfway point. So that's really nice. But the best part so far is not related to to the workout app or the achievements or the activity app on the phone. Those are super nice, but it's still, I believe, early for me to judge uh, because there's a you know there's a bunch of of achievements that you can unlock, and I want to see how the activity goes. You know, not just in in a in a window of six days, but maybe in a window of six months. So we'll talk about this again in the future. But I was really impressed by the media by the media control glance on the Apple Watch. So I like to work out with music, and in fact, I'm receiving my Bluetooth earbuds tomorrow. So far, I've been using just uh, the Bose. Um, what's the name of a portable speaker uh, that I used to play music? Uh, I believe it's a no, sound sound sound, sound 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 mini maybe. That a name? I don't know. Sound... The Bose Bluetooth sound thing. Yes. Uh, there we go. Google, Google that. The sound thing. Uh, take my word for it. it it's, a, it's a real thing. And so I've been using that. And I, it's awesome to me that... In, so let me back up a little. When I used to do the indoor cycling or just uh, the treadmill to walk and run, it's terrible to use the iPhone to uh, to switch music to play and pause to skip songs i know that you can use the con- the physical controls on the earpods but i don't exactly like the earpods and it's awful that i you know to look at the screen while you're on the bike or maybe while you're walking and sweating and you know you want to focus on what you're doing not spotify for for example I really like that I can just look at my watch and there's the, the, the glance for the media controls. They work with any app that uses, basically any app that shows up in Control, in control Center. Um, I can adjust the volume, I can skip songs, play and pause, and that's it. And that's super helpful to me because once I, cho- uh, once I choose a playlist, uh, maybe I want to skip songs, I don't have to use my phone, I can just use my watch and my hands continue to be free. And and I don't risk of dropping my phone, of course. So that's really nice. And I'm a, I'm a big fan of the of the media, uh, the remote glance. I think it's called. Uh, also, when I'm driving, I I'm not distracted by the phone, or I don't have to switch songs only when I'm a, uh, only when I'm a, at a at a stoplight. I can you know uh, just because I I I know where the tap. Uh, target is I can just unlock my phone and my watch even without looking and I can just switch songs and that's really helpful 
So I'm I'm very excited by by the fitness and workout stuff on the Apple Watch. And as I as I start doing different types of workouts, um I'm interested to see how the Apple Watch can understand what I'm doing. And I want to see how the activity app on the phone um, gives me data and helps me visualize my progress over time. Right now, it's nice that the Apple Watch gives me weekly reports about my my goals and my workouts. I want to see how maybe a year from now, what kind of features that will add to provide more context to my progress and to my activity it's a total i mean i don't ever want to buy another uh, fitness band ever again that's for sure like i've been thinking about the fitbit and the jawbone i don't ever want to buy one of these things again i just i i, I like i totally I, I i'm a believer of the having a single watch with a bunch of features rather than dedicated accessories. Yeah, I'm not do... up for wearing a, a a smartwatch and a fitness band. Like it's just not something I want to do. No, the, I, I like I'm using the, the the workout app and I'm looking at the 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 activity uh, app on the Apple Watch. I'm I'm never gonna unless it's some major revolutionary breakthrough of a fitness band that can read your mind. Basically, I'm I'm never gonna buy another fitness band or step counter or whatever i just want everything on my watch and i want everything on my watch because it goes to the iphone where it's all my apps are and like the like for example yesterday i was tracking my meals in lifesum and maybe it was the other day not yesterday anyway it just i didn't have to configure anything it just pulled my workout calorie count from health, uh, from health from the health app from apple just because i used the apple watch i didn't have to log in to anything it mm. just worked out of the box and it was awesome and that's one of the the the, the advantages of a, of an open uh, model at least an open technology to developers it in this case it just works out of the box you don't have to give your account information to anybody and or even worse you don't have to be you know constrained by the limitations of the fitbit ecosystem which is you know they decided not to go with the health kit technology so if you use the fitbit you gotta stay inside the fitbit or you gotta use one of those few third-party integrations Today I can with the with the Apple Watch with HealthKit. It's just this data is available to anyone who want to use it on my on my iPhone, and I found that for as a user, I found that to be incredibly respectful of my data and of my choice of the apps that I want to use. So yeah, I'm I'm gonna keep using the the fitness and workout features on the Apple Watch. Cool. Let me stop you, Federico, uh, to have our final break for this week, and then we'll we'll finish up with some more thoughts about uh, your time with the watch so far. How does that sound? Sounds perfect. This week's episode of Connected is also brought to you by Igloo, the internet you'll actually like. We're talking about new devices, right? This is a thing that, that we're always thinking about. And, and we spend a bunch of money on this stuff, and when we buy new devices, like we buy new iPhones or buy new Macs, Um, We want to be able to use these 
products, these these lovely things, these beautiful things we buy, and look at beautiful things on them. It's like you know, if you buy yourself one of these new MacBooks, right? That that you know, I know a lot of people talk about these, or you know, when iPhone time or iPad time comes around. When you take a look at these devices and their beautiful screens, you don't want something to be looking at back at you like it was built in the 90s, like nobody cares about the software or the sites that you're looking at. And if you're looking at an intranet product on your own device, you know, on some sort of lovely device that you've bought, and it it looks like it was built in the 90s, that sucks. Nobody wants that. And this is where Igloo comes in. One of the things that I really love about Igloo is also the idea that you can look at it on your own device. I mean, typically, intranets are like locked down, horrible things on corporate PCs that you can't do anything with, and then these environments that are shielded from the world. But Igloo can be looked at on any device and can connect to the internet, and it makes it really easy for people that you work with to be able to do the work that they want to do wherever they want to do it. And that's what's really great about Igloo. It's one of my favorite features. You know, you can customize Igloo to look exactly how you want, you can, you know, you can make it look fantastic, and with their responsive design, it makes sure that this device and any changes that you make are carried to all of your devices. But being able to look at that everywhere and anywhere—that's super cool. You can share files, coordinate calendars, provide status updates, and manage your projects and tasks. Igloo is not just for your traditional internet intranet stuff like HR policies or expense forms. It also lets you work better together with the people in your team. Like for example. They recently added uh, the ability to track who has read critical information. So you can like set a document or a post or something that is critical and you can see who's read it. Right, So you can make sure that everybody that needs to have seen a particular piece of information in your company can see it. It's kind of like read receipts in your email. It helps you keep track of whether employees are reading and acknowledging policies or signing off on legal agreements or training materials and stuff like that. Igloo continues to blow my mind because it is a project that is and a product that is constantly being added to and updated. This is not something you see with stuff like SharePoint. It is like Igloo lives in 2015 and it's going to continue into the future. If your company has a legacy intranet that looks like it was built in the 90s, you should be giving Igloo a try. And they understand that love doesn't just happen overnight. So if you sign up right now, you can try out Igloo for free for any team of up to 10 people for as long as you want. So you can try it for free if you have a team under 10 for as long as you want. So sign up right now at igloosoftware.com slash connected. Thank you so much to Igloo for the support of this show and Relay FM. Federico, tell me what it's been like using some apps on your Apple Watch so far. What has your experience been? Again, um, not as terrible and doomed as uh, most most people on Twitter were saying. Well, I mean, so they're slow, but they're not unusable. One point oh point one has come out today, and this could be a placebo effect, but I do feel like apps are loading faster for me right yeah. now. No, I don't know. the glances are just so much faster. It's yeah. ridiculous. I feel like that um, stuff's being retained in memory for longer. I feel like that's one of the things that's happening because I can launch an app, launch an app, launch an app, go back to app number one and it loads well, but then maybe if I come back to it 20 minutes later, it just takes a little bit longer to load again, but still much much faster. But like saying about the Doom thing, and I know you make a joke of it, but it has been terrible. Like, you know, I've taken two-minute videos of spinners for you, you know, trying to show you stuff. I don't know why I've never seen that kind of stuff on my on my watch. And I have the same first version. Uh, the only difference that I can think about is that uh, on my phone, I have the iOS 8.4 beta. 
That's the only difference between you and me. Mm. But I've never, ever seen a spinner that long. Right. Well, I mean, whether you've seen them or not, it is happening or was happening. Yeah. Like, you know. But it's it not frustra- like it's because there were there were people saying using apps on the Apple Watch is useless, and I don't think that's the case. I agree that the app screen on the Apple Watch is not the main experience, and I agree that I spend most of my time with the watch, at least you know, again in in these first six days, uh, using notifications, the watch face, and glances, and the friends interface. But it's not like the the app screen is useless. And in fact, um, this is may sound totally crazy. And again, I I you know I've never uh, it's never been a problem for me to share unpopular thoughts. And I've I've found myself enjoying actually enjoying um, reading email, Twitter, and news on the Apple Watch. So I'm not doing this just to prove a point because I have a few uh, real-life situations that I brought to the show as examples. Yeah, I feel like you need to... Because when you say things like that, right, it makes it sound like you're just sitting there all day now. Just, no, that's not at all. Read Twitter. So I need you no, to explain no, no. to me. Okay, yeah. Um, the other day, uh, I, I went to, to a bar, so to a coffee shop, to you non-Italian people. Uh, to 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 have an espresso, and as I was waiting, it, so usually you gotta wait forty to sixty seconds for an espresso at a bar here, and in those sixty seconds, I could have, as I've always, as I've always done, I could have taken my phone, and you know, started using my phone as I was waiting for for uh, the bar owner to, you know, to to make my espresso, and as the espresso was ready, uh, what I would have done was I <laughs> I could have stirred my espresso with a bit of sugar with one hand and kept using the phone with the other hand. And I, I wouldn't have enjoyed my coffee at all. So in those 60 seconds instead, I just opened Nuzzle on my Apple Watch, and I... I saw that there was a a bit of a, some news about about Apple in my Twitter stream, and so I just checked the headlines, couple of paragraphs. I was like, okay, cool. And then I my espresso was ready, and I totally enjoyed my espresso. And I I I I wasn't that guy with the iPhone at the bar drinking the espresso uh, because see th- this is the other thing i feel like the apple watch is helping me be less rude to people it's always rude when you know especially when you're buying something and they give you like i don't know maybe a coffee or a slice of pizza and you're totally absorbed by your iphone and you're like oh yeah thanks and you're still looking at the screen with the watch in that coffee example i feel like when i when i saw that the espresso was ready, I didn't have to like to fumble and put my phone in my pocket or to keep looking at the phone and get the espresso with the other hand. I just did it naturally because it was a watch. And so that was one example. Today, as I was shopping uh, for clothes at my, my uh, nearest mall where the Apple store is also located and where an Apple employee uh, looked at my Apple watch because, you know, 
I think he figured it out that, uh, that, it, that it was an Apple Watch, not a regular Android smartwatch. Anyway, as I was shopping, I was in line at the, at the, at the cash register and to pay, because we do pay with cash still. Um, and as I was waiting, I, I, you know, there was a couple of people um, that I had to wait for. And instead of, again, pulling out my phone, I opened Twitterific on my Apple Watch. And I checked for, for my mentions and DMs on Twitter. And when it was my turn to pay, uh, I, I didn't have to do anything. I just, you know, it was a watch. It was already there. So I just kept using my hands to pay with cash and to hand off the T-shirt that I wanted to buy to the, to the, to the store uh, employee. And it was natural and it was out of the way in a second because it's already on you. So you don't have to put it away. You just have to stop looking at it, which I think it's easier because it's a watch. And, and the other, the other, the final example that I brought to you for, for your consideration, Mike, is uh, the crazy traffic in Rome. So when you're driving Rome, I drive quite a bit every day. And as you drive in Rome, um, there's uh, the traffic lights. And some traffic lights can go on for several minutes. Because even when the green comes on, maybe there's so many cars in front of you that you're not going to make it till, you know, the next green light. So there's a, especially one traffic light uh, near my house that I need to wait usually like three to four minutes. In the, in the in, in, you know, you move slowly and, you know... It's very, it's a very slow process, and usually because it's not like you're totally stuck, you move slowly, car after car after car, and usually I have to admit that even when I'm moving super slowly, I I check my phone, and I know that it's wrong, but because it's so slow, I check my phone, but it's still dangerous because even if you're moving slowly, you can end up being distracted by you know, by, by your phone and maybe hitting another car. That, fortunately, that never happened to me. But I've been concerned by my habit of checking my phone while moving very slowly at the traffic lights. With the Apple Watch, because my hands are already on the steering wheel, on the steering wheel and because it's meant to be like a shorter, brief interaction, I've been checking email <laughs> at the traffic lights, and it's fine. I've been using this beta of uh, the, the new Riddle uh, email app called uh, Spark. Mm-hmm. And I have it on my watch. And, and I think it's convenient to like, check email for 10 seconds and then to continue doing what you're doing. So it's not like I'm sitting at my desk and making an effort to use Twitter, email, and read news on my watch. That's insane, because when I'm at my desk, I either use my iPad 90% of the time, or I use my phone. And if I have five or 10 minutes free, I use my phone anyway, because I... See, this is the, this is the main point. I don't want to use the Apple Watch for everything. But I do believe that there are some parts of my life where I was using the iPhone, and I was being either rude, or distracted, or I was being absorbed by apps and, you know, notifications. And instead, in some parts of my life, some moments of my 
days and some situations and contexts, I feel like having a watch as a more discreet device is better for me. And I feel like I'm already in these six days. I've enjoyed like being around people more. And today, like I cannot describe the feeling of shopping and just enjoying time with my girlfriend and not having to check my phone all the time. And it's not like I didn't have free will before. I've always been able to say, yeah, I, I don't want to check my phone. I'm not stupid. I'm not being, I'm not being forced to use my, my iPhone. But it's human nature and you're tempted and, you know, you're inclined to check your smartphone because everybody does. And if, this, see, this is the big if of my, of my discussion today. If these six days are of any indication of what the, what the Apple Watch is going to look like in my daily life going forward, I think it'll be a major change in terms of how I do fitness how I wait for notifications to come to me, how I take advantage of brief moments of availability, whether it's a traffic light or whether it's waiting for a coffee. And I feel like not having the phone all the time and not being tempted by the phone because you trust the watch to bring you important stuff it's um, it, it's important to me and it'll be like a, a, it'll make a deep difference a very sharp difference with before and there's been other examples uh, of like the other day I was at the beach and uh, when we got to the beach I give my phone to my girlfriend because she can keep it in in her purse uh, because I don't trust my my pocket they're they're kind of loose and and I don't want my phone to end up in the sand so when we wanted to leave the beach, um, every time I ask my girlfriend, hey, do, do, do you have my phone? <laughs> and she has to go to go look in her purse and she's always annoyed. The other day as we were like, okay, just, just go back home. And we were leaving the beach and of course I was like, where's my phone? Does she, does she really have my phone? So on the Apple Watch, you can use the, the, the settings glance. To ping your phone and to play a sound effect, so I just played a sound effect, and the phone pinged in in my girlfriend's purse, and she wasn't annoyed by my request of looking inside her purse to find my phone, and it just worked like magic. Or I was also at the beach, and my phone was also in my in my girlfriend pur- girlfriend's purse, and my mom called me, and instead of you know. Uh, struggling to find my phone and you know responding to my mom I just talked to the Apple watch uh, a phone call on the on the watch it totally makes you look like a spy and yeah I do it at home I do it at home it's amazing it's amazing because I usually when I'm at home I just put it on loudspeaker so this is just kind of the same thing and I don't need to go and grab my phone from wherever it is like I like doing that yeah so I just wanted to my conclusion to be a general note that will will follow up will circle back in a maybe in a few weeks we'll see um so before buying the watch 
there was a, a lot of uh, a lot of uh, excitement, you know, mm-hmm. and um, a lot of hope for this new device. And it seems to me like it's become some kind of a trend to be cynical, to be not excited by new technology. Uh, because maybe for some people it's kind of cool to always be unimpressed by new tech. And I'm not saying that it's not right to point out flaws um, because I'm the first person to always want better or more or simpler from iOS and Apple hardware. But it's just, there's a, some underlying negativity, I think, with the Apple Watch and maybe with the wearable talk on Twitter and blogs in general. I feel like some websites and some writers and some people in general, they, they think it's maybe cool to be unimpressed and to be, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's a computer on your wrist and it's awesome. And it, I mean, you can have phone calls and you can check your heartbeat and you can get taps from friends and it's a new, totally new device with sensors and, and it looks great and it's light and it works with your iPhone, which is the most amazing device ever. And I like I'm giddy with excitement. <laughs> and I I feel lucky because like I don't I the places that I check and read and and listen like I don't see that stuff. Oh, I'm jealous. <laughs> like, and it, it might be I don't know. Like, I don't read as many sites or whatever as you, but like from the majority of people that I know, like everyone, like everyone has their complaints. Like I have my complaints and I'm sure that you do yours as well. And then maybe they'll take a little bit more time to come out still, but there are things that frustrate me about this device. Yeah. But on the whole, like I really like it a lot. Um, and I'm, I'm very happy with it and it's becoming a big part of the way that I kind of, my computer life works, I suppose. I feel like more people should, be more excited more often. I I like optimism. I I I like especially when it comes to new technology, new gadgets and you know stuff that matters to people like workouts and fitness and health features. That stuff is important and you cannot write off this stuff with uh, meh, I don't care. It's you it, it's just wrong to me. This is stuff that matters, and to have technology on you, to have a, to have a, whether it's an Apple Watch or Google Fit, you know, on, on Android Wear, it doesn't matter. This is exciting times, you know. And you know, I'm always kind of the happy guy. Uh, you know, I like new tech, I like new gadgets, I like iOS and new features. But this is really like a major change, and it's a new device. And we, everybody, used to be crazy when Apple released a new device and maybe this time because maybe Apple is also more popular uh, I've seen some some people being bored already by the Apple Watch which I think it's crazy because it's like I've never been this excited and and curious and and interest in a new device in years so yeah I'm pleased you like it Try not to worry about 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 negative people, Federico. No, no, it's not that I worry. It's just it worries me that they can't be happy. <laughs> uh, it's quite, you know. I'm I'm sure people are happy. 
why can't why can't they be happy I don't or know. optimistic like stress makes you age more quickly did you know that people are allowed to like what they like though. sure but they're also they're also it's not this isn't going to fit for everyone though is it i feel like this isn't i mean you're entitled to your opinion but to me it seems like some people that i follow on twitter especially this is especially the case on twitter which is just in general it tends to be a negative place it's a cynicism machine yes yeah. So this is mostly the case on Twitter. But I feel like mo- people are, of course, entitled to their thoughts. And I don't want to say they're wrong. But you're also entitled to be the silly guy, you know, excited by new stuff and to smile because you got a tap on your Apple Watch. You're entitled to be the stupid person who's excited by, you know, getting a ping on your wrist by a friend or getting an animated emoji. Because it, it's fun. You're entitled to fun as well. Not just serious, cynical, oh my god, I'm so bored, tech analysis. You know? It's good to, to have fun with tech. That's all I'm saying. I might, you know, we should, we should start a new web series, Fun with Tech with Federico Vitici. Yes, I'm up for that. Federico Vitici to- teaches you how to be, have fun with tech. Right, I think that about wraps it up for this week's episode of Connected. If you'd like to find the show notes for today, you can head on over to relay.fm slash connected slash 40. Federico, thank you for joining me. No, thank you for, for having me for like a year now, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> if you'd like to find Federico's work online, you can do that. He is over at maxstories.net and he uh, issues his uh, tweets into the cynicism machine at, Fed- at uh, his Avatici, V-I-T-I-C-C-I. And I'm at iMike, I-M-Y-K-E. Uh, thanks again to our sponsors this week, Linda, uh, PDF Pen, Scan Plus from Smile, and Igloo. Um, and thank you most of all for listening, and we'll be back next time. Until then, say goodbye, Federico. Arrivederci. <laughs>